Welcome to Ice Cream Sunday. My name is Austin Buckner. Trevor Holder. Heather Holder. Gabriel. And this episode is all about these two fucking lovebirds, Trevor and Heather Holder. We talk a lot about, in the last two episodes, the last six years of my life, the last six years of David's life, and it just made sense to have this one be you two together because the biggest thing that has happened in the last six years for Trevor, I'm speaking for him now, would be meeting, reconnecting, um, and and getting married to you. So, um, yeah, it made the most sense to, since David couldn't be here anyway. To yeah, have I was going to say, don't yeah. play it off like this is planned. Well, it was, <laughs> because I mean, it even was. even David, when David was going to be here for this episode, we were still going to have Heather on anyway for, for your for your episode. Yeah. So, yeah, dickhead. He wants me here. I do. I do. You remember that. You Bitch. remember that. Well, he's not treating you right. <laughs> Amy and I got guest bedrooms for a reason. Oh, right. Okay. You can use this as ammo next time he comes exactly. up with another picture of a gun. Right. I'll take Momo. No, the fuck you will not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what it's like. So was there anything that you guys didn't talk about during your like hour that you would want to get out to our, our listeners? Anything that uh, we didn't touch on that you're like, I really wanted to tell that story? No, I think we kind of... We touched on a lot of stories, but... I mean, yeah, just... I think we kind of nailed it. Yeah. We talk about... Uh, we weren't as structured as no. David or yours. No, no. And we didn't need to be. We didn't no. need to be. So. I, I think it went over pretty well. Sick. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> but a, a lot of, um, I think a lot of uh, just great communication about great communication. Just a yeah. A lot, really I mean, it's, it's really that simple. And it's a lot of, I mean, finding your person and finding um, someone that, that loves you the way that you need to be loved. Yeah, and, uh, right in front of your face. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's a lot more upbeat and, uh, and sappy than, than my fucking depressive dum-dum stories were last week. So. And I feel like we kind of need to give the warning, like, if the audio is real off or real weird, like, for whatever reason, it just happened to be this episode that it just is just strange it was strange the neighbors uh, yeah the neighbors the echoing that was on the last one well okay it was on this one a little bit too yeah i tried to fix it this one so i know hopefully hopefully this one sounds better than uh the ones the ones in the past the yeah. one that i'm really scared about is next week with uh with zach because that one got really loud and i was still yeah a, but that actually sounded rookie pretty pretty good for yeah, what well, Oh, we'll we'll see. see when I'm editing it. <laughs> <laughs> so sit back, relax, and enjoy episode number four of the Ice Cream Sunday podcast featuring Trevor and Heather Holder. Mossy made it. So when did you two meet? Not when did you reconnect, but when did you meet the first time? So we met uh, when I was working at Target. It was like 2014 or 2015. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How did you meet? So like at Target, but like what, <clears throat> what, what, why? I was dating her roommate at the time. Who was that? Her name was Alicia. Oh, okay. She was a friend of mine that I went to college with and was a fraternity sister. Gotcha. Was that before or after uh, you and Megan were roommates? After. And they were roommates. So, coincidentally, <laughs> bringing Gabe back into this, so I roomed with his ex-girlfriend later on in time, um, back when I was at Central College. So I think the name of this podcast should just be how do you know Heather? Six <laughs> degrees of separation with Heather. It's probably less than that. It probably, it probably is. You know more people than Kevin Bacon, so, for sure. So yeah, so my um, yeah, my friend Megan was my roommate during college, um, right in the last bit of time while I was at Central, and then after Central, um, 
I was living in Newton for a little bit and then finally got a job at the nonprofit I work with now. Um, by that December, I was tired of driving back and forth between Newton and Urbandale. So I actually got an apartment in the Des Moines area. It was like five minutes from my work. So later on, Alicia moved in with me. And so we just split a two bedroom apartment. And let's see, once we moved to Johnston, um, she had gotten a job at the Target in Urbandale. And she was on time like, hey, like, this guy, Trevor, asked me out. <laughs> and I totally read his name as Trebor. So what? I had this. We all do. I mean, yeah, I did that. We all do. <laughs> so for some reason, I just pictured this like buff, like black guy. I have no idea why that was my picture. Yeah. <laughs> That's the second time someone has given you the, the black race. I don't know why. I don't know. Some dude said I looked like a young Denzel. That's no, he didn't. No, I, no one has ever no, said that to no, you. No, I swear to God, that's true. Trevor. I worked the first time I worked over at Come and Go. I worked overnights over in Grimes, and I cannot remember his name, uh, but he trained me on overnights, and he, I shit you not, said I look like a young Denzel. I don't see it. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> no one, no one sees that. <clears throat> he did because Denzel might. I feel like for most people, like most, especially like like my family or like people that don't know any black people personally, Denzel is the first black person they think of when they think of black people. It's like, oh, it's Denzel. Or Samuel L. Jackson. Or, or Samuel L. Jackson or Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. It's I don't like, know. I could, I, in a weird way, I can kind of see it if like Denzel got AIDS, bleached, <laughs> fell into a vat of bleach, <laughs> and lost like 200 pounds worth of muscle mass. Yeah, you guys look. Yeah. you guys look exact. You look exactly like Denzel, except like you're shorter, skinnier. Your faces are a lot different. Other than that, you look just like Denzel. I'll take it. So, so wait, hold on, hold on. I'm confused. So, he asked you out. No, no. no. So this is back when. Um. So he was dating my roommate. No, I don't. No, no. I yeah. don't. But yeah. you said that he there was this guy Trevor. That asked, asked you, her out. Oh, asked her out. Yeah. Got it. Okay, and I was like, now we're on the same cool. page. And I'm, I'm, I've never heard this, so like, I'm a little interested. Like, I think you guys went on, like, did a karaoke date. Yeah. Uh, we went to Jeannie's Bottle. I miss that bar. Is it? Is it not there anymore? No. <gasps> Good. We, I fucking hate that bar. We have free drink tokens that we can't use anymore. That's sad. This is why we can't have nice things. No, right. the bar fucking sucked, specifically the karaoke, because they didn't know any songs. And the songs they did know, uh, you had to do the songs that they liked. Because if they didn't like the songs, they'd make you feel like shit for doing it. I, I have never felt better at a bar than at Genie's Bottle, because someone actually slipped something in my drink and I felt attractive. <laughs> Ooh. I, that was like, I think that was one of the first places I did karaoke, like, like with a Rennie person, um, with Buddy's wife, Amanda. Oh, okay. Someone slipped something in my life and it made me feel attractive. <laughs> it was a new haircut and that, Prozac. That, that <laughs> yeah. Never, that never happened to me. So, um... Yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah, we, we we went out on a karaoke date, hung out for a little bit. Um, you guys dated for a couple months at least. Yeah, we did. Like we played Risk together. Um, we tried to play Risk. <laughs> it was okay. Um, back then, it was like what we had a picture of Slender Cat on the board yeah. because he was so tiny. Um, that was one of my cats when I was living in. Well, I was guess I was living in Johnston, but kind of watching it for my boyfriend at the time. Um, who became my ex-husband. That's a whole other story to connect to this later. Um, and that Bella, I had Bella over at that apartment and she, Just you were the, the baby. You were the first stranger that she was completely okay with. I have a picture of her like literally being held. Cats Trevor. are good judges of character. Yeah. For sure. Those Denzel vibes. <laughs> Those Denzel vibes. Hashtag Denzel. Because you're both black. Um, so I'm jumping ahead years, but so this is like 2013, 2014, 2015? So yeah, 2014, 2015. Okay. So, there. so you guys date, but you only date for a few months. Mm -hmm. So was... do you guys not talk for years then? Well, so that well, was Alicia and him dated, yeah, for those few months. 
Um, we kept in occasional contact because, I mean, we still, like... It, it wasn't, like, occasional contact as much as it was just reacting to posts and maybe saying, like... Happy birthday. Yeah, stuff like that. So, like, social media friends, but, like, you guys weren't, like, hanging no. out. Oh, no. Not at all. Um, And then, let's see, once we got close to my first wedding um, in 2017... Um, Trevor and I, I can't even remember how we, how we re- decided to reconnect, but we were just starting to message and I found out that one, one of my groomsmen was actually friends with Trevor at the trolley factory when they were working together. In Creston. Yeah. So the funny thing was that when I... Like, I knew he was going to be there. She sent the invite out, and... Uh, I was like, why, why the heck not? Like, since you know him, like, he's going to be in from Ohio. Come yeah. on down. And so I had known this guy pretty much the entire time I worked uh, worked at the plant. How long did you work at Trolley? It's hard to tell because I worked there for a little bit. Because I was drunk the whole time. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised with some of the people there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a factory. It, it's it's a factory job in Creston. Yeah. So... I don't know. I worked there for a few years the first time, quit, went off to do other things, uh, and eventually came back when I moved back into the area and then worked there again. And after that, we just kind of, like, I stopped talking to people. And then shortly after I, I had left there, the plant closed down. So, the friend we were talking about, Jeremy, he uh, he was at the wedding, and because he was the only other person I knew other than her ex, her, and, you know, Jeremy, that, I mean, those were the only people I knew, so. Her ex, like your ex-husband? Yeah. How did you get, how did you know him? Because we all, we all played Risk together that Oh, yeah. Yeah. when you were dating Alicia, you guys all met together. Yeah. Got it. So, I basically hung out with him the entire wedding, um, talking about Breath of the Wild, and... Thanks for the garter toss. Yes. So... When it comes around to do like the celebration, uh, you know, doing all the extra hoopla stuff, they did the garter toss. I was the one who caught it. Okay. And I, again, we're jumping ahead many moons. Yes. But yep. I love the fact that you caught Heather's garter at her first wedding and now you are her second husband. Yep. Is the most like unintentionally hilarious shit to me. It it was because yeah, then let's see. So that was 2017. So then in August of 2019, um we had been reacting a lot to each other's posts and like commenting back and forth, um talking about the red concert that was coming up. Mhm. Oh, I'm sorry. What was the red what, what So red that? is a band that's oh, okay. um Oh, I I know that band. Yeah. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> so, I know exactly what you're talking about because you gave me a CD once and I remember the uh, the case. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was yeah, cool, right? Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, we we got back in touch and I decided, and this was when we were living at yep. uh, Bristol Ridge, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I invite her over because I'm like, you know what? I'm making dinner and hang out for a bit and like. I'm making a ton of food, and like it's either going to go to waste. Or so I feel like we're skipping ahead here, though, because how did you guys go from like reacting to each other's posts to starting to talk to hanging out? Like how how long was that process, and how did that begin? Maybe a couple weeks. Like it really. Or I, don't, or I don't even know if it was a couple weeks. It I might think, not have been. I think it was. It was real quick. Cause yeah. Oh, sorry. I started uh, because. You know, I was making dinner and I was like, oh, hey, we should get together sometime and oh. hang out. Oh, no, you, no, we, so we, the f- original thing was we were planning to watch a movie, just hang out, catch up, watch a movie. And then, like, I'm driving, I'm like, hey, I got to drive home real quick and come right back, drive back home to Newton. Um, and he's like, hey, I'm going to make us dinner. I was like, internal panic set in because, um, the thing that I haven't brought up yet was 
Um, at that point of my marriage, I was in an open relationship kind of option available to me. Um, and I had told Trevor about this and that was like a whole new, a whole new world for me to. Trevor's kind of dick was the option. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so when he's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'll make us dinner. And I immediately panic. I'm like, wait, is this a fucking date? And I'm like, hold on. What? Like, you know, in the back of my mind, was I flirting? Probably. I, I had no intention of it being a date or anything like that. I'm just like, nope. Oh, we're hanging out. I just happen to be making dinner. Yep. So, <laughs> but also my dumbass roommates there probably sleeping on the futon. <laughs> yeah. So I like just was like, nope. Let me just bottle that back up and not show that I'm super anxious. Um. So yeah, I, I someone lets me in the building. He didn't didn't even know, and I let him like, hey, I'm here. Like, meaning at his apartment door, and he opens the door, and he's like, oh, because he thought I meant the front door. So, kind of gave him a panic. But then, literally, straight in my eyesight, I see the Groot head with the garter belt diagonally on its head, and I'm like... Like, wrapped... Yeah. yeah it was like great. A head, like a headband. Yeah. 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 Like, a total, like, here we are back at this. Like, oh, huh. So, yeah, then, with, as he's cooking, or like... I'm just looking around at the different displays and conversing about that. and The nerdy as fuck decor. <laughs> yeah. And then we watched the first Kingsman movie. Yeah. I don't think I was there the first time you guys hung no, out. No, you were... I think you were with Amy. I think you were, yeah, probably with Amy. That's the only person it could have been at that time. Because it was just before you got the job at Willis. So <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, I would have been because yeah. we started dating like months before that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So it was the confidence given to me by my <laughs> now fiance that allowed me to get a job that I was not qualified for. Yeah. So, so then like Trevor and I started like just being like he knew I was being super open about kind of what was going on with with my marriage. And then he told me about Phoenix, um, his son that he had found out about. Because so, that was about around the same time, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, that was actually right before when I. So I feel like we had just moved in together. Because when did you? No, find, okay, so no, when did you find you out about? In, you moved in with me at my first apartment, the studio. Right. Then we moved into Bristol Ridge, which was like early 2019. Is when we started living together. Mm-hmm. So yes. when did you find out about Phoenix? Because I feel like it coincided with something I found out about too. So when did you find out about Phoenix? Twenty eighteen, I think. Mm-hmm. 2018? I thought it was earlier in 2016, maybe. I don't. It is when you found out about him. No, hold on, hold on. Because because 2016 was probably when yeah, he about was 2018, born. 2019, something like that. I think. Okay. Yeah. That you found out that he existed, or that he found it out that you found out yeah. that he he was yours. Both. Was that the same time? It had to have been 2019 because we were definitely living together. Yeah. Because I remember you. Okay. Yeah. 2019 coming home and you right. were like, yeah, this is when mm-hmm. this is what happened. Because this was right around the same time that I, no, would have been about a year later. I was going to say it was about the same time that I found out about my ex-wife having a third kid. But it was. That was a little while. It was, it was probably a little, it was a little while next, later. Yeah. Well, yeah probably like a year later. Anyway, yeah. So. So, yeah. Um, she knew about Phoenix. Pause real quick. Let's go back to that because I don't want to skip over that. So. This is going to be a twofold question. First yes. one is you find out about Phoenix. You find out that someone that you had been with before got pregnant and she believes that it's your son. What what goes through your mind at that point and what's the process in A, determining if it's your kid and then B, fostering a relationship with that kid if it does happen to be yours, which we all know now, hindsight being 2020, it, it is. So, right. Yeah. So it was a lot of uh, panic and denial. Um, panic being like I'm barely affording like rent and bills and everything in between as is and then to find out that I may have a kid and that I gotta pay child support and that's really gonna hurt to me kind of like <laughs> The, the situation was very muddy because it happened through a one-night stand. 
um, who I, I found out a good time later that that same night she had slept with a friend of mine. And then me. And then um, shortly after that, because we all worked together, she had said that she was pregnant, but she didn't know who the dad was. So she went around work telling everyone that it was my friends, that it was mine, that it was her boyfriend at the time. And she could never, never uh, get the story straight. So years before you found out that Phoenix was yours, mm-hmm. there was what, there was a, a possibility that it was yours to begin with. Like, did you ever have that conversation with her that's like, oh, it could possibly be be mine? Or were you like, she told me it was somebody else's, so it's definitely somebody else's? There was a very, very short and small conversation, which is her basically saying, well, I... S- you know, I had sex with so-and-so. I had sex with my boyfriend. I had sex with you. Um, so, you know, it could be any one of yours. I'm like, okay, well, we need to get this figured out. And So she went around changing her story consistently. Like, w- around the time she found out saying it was mine, it was my friend's. It was her boyfriend. She finally settled on it being her boyfriend's. And she cut all contact with everyone. Didn't say shit to anyone. And just ghosted. Didn't say nothing. And so, you know, we just like, all right, that's it. That's the end of it. Whatever. So years later. Years later. Phoenix is how old at this point? Four? Four. Okay. Four. Um, She contacts you says it is yours what's the process like to find out that it is in fact yours um well it she got a hold of me says hey i think he's yours i'm like all right well you gotta figure it out so from my understanding she let the state know dhs sent out uh genetic testing to confirm uh, which I almost hit a deadline for that because apparently you got to do it in a certain deadline. Mm-hmm. And I had almost hit it because I just, I never got it in the mail and they had given me a slip that says, Hey, go into the post office. So I finally go into the post office because they couldn't, I guess couldn't leave it in the mailbox. I went and got it. They're like, all right, you got to take a test. So I get it all set up. Uh, my dad goes with me. I get tested. And then a short time later, find out. Which is kind of funny. They're like, hey, you need to get tested because this kid could be yours. However, we're still going to send a mail that confirms your genetic testing and just leave it in your mailbox. So that's okay to leave in the mailbox, but not informing you that you may be so uh i got the news kind of had a mental breakdown for a bit because holy shit this is real but also at the same time this is me after uh two relationships where i acted as a father figure to kids that were not mine by blood but i you know, even to this day, I still consider myself a part of their upbringing. So, I think the biggest, uh, I think the biggest evidence for Phoenix being your son is, um, oh, I don't know, probably the way that he looks exactly like you. <laughs> oh my gosh! When I compared a yeah. picture of of Trevor when he was five to a picture of Phoenix when he was five. It's indisputable. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy yeah. how much they look alike. So then you get involved with him, with Trevor, uh, right around the same time that he finds out. Yep. You don't have kids in your first marriage. Nope. What is that like to say, like, okay, so I could, in fact, get involved with someone who is, as I'm getting to know about them, 
he's getting to know about his son. Like, what does that look like to kind of step into like a quote unquote step parent role with someone that like is just stepping into the father role? Yeah, we, we didn't really get to dig into like Trevor's first meeting of Phoenix or anything until November or December of that Mm -hmm. year. Um, So that'd been a few months after we'd been dating. Um, Up until that point, it was just kind of getting an understanding of the situation. Um, But I I guess I'm always the type that's um, externally supportive. Um, I always see the best in the situation if possible. And yeah, were there times where Trevor still had some mental breakdowns during part of that discovery process of figuring things out? Yeah, but it was, I think, easier because we were there for each other because I was also having my own mental breakdowns Um, because for that month of August, gosh, by like the end of that first week of us hanging out, we were pretty much attached to the hip. Yeah. Um, I mean, and the thing was, when we started our relationship, uh, and this is kind of how I feel with any relationship that I've been in, it's just I've always been upfront and honest about things, so I've been completely open, whether it be uh, the more personal things, like letting her know that I had a kid, or, you know, what have you, but... And, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of just told her and she accepted it because she knew how I was already or she had a feeling. And and this could go back to when we first met and how long she knew me back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, She she knew I I wasn't, like, trying to skirt away from it or not be a parent, like... That's not how I am. No. No, I, I had definitely heard stories about how he was there um, for his previous girlfriend's uh, child. And he had always spoke with such passion and love for them. Um. So, yeah, I mean, just kind of starting out our relationship with just such upfront honesty was, like, so comforting and then, like we both had such understanding for each other, but yet we're both going through situations we never expected to be in. As evidence of, as further evidence for how fast everything uh, happened, um, I think it was a week and a half, two weeks after you guys started hanging out, and she was there every single day. Yep. And then you came to me and was like, "Hey, man, um, thinking about moving Heather in," and I was just like, "I." Thought she already lived here. Yeah, it was by the end of that month. Um, that yeah, so it it moved real it moved quick. very fast. And the crazy thing about that was that, and I think I've said this to maybe one or two people. Just being legitimately serious is just. I was at a point in my life where depression was really hitting, and it was real hard. Mm-hmm. And you and me were both kind of in the same situation where it was just, we weren't exactly stable. We were getting by, but. Me uh, unstable in uh, 2019? So. Which was crazy because I thought you were so stable. Me? And so fine. Oh, <laughs> I was talking about Trevor, but. Oh. <laughs> and I, I, like, I'm not meaning just like emotionally Certainly or anything. Sta- like, like stable fin- out of the three of us at that time. Like sure. finan- financially. Uh, you know, we were struggling on bills. Like she, I, I cannot stress this enough. She saved me. I was in a very bad place. I was in a very dark place, and financially, I was not doing well. Like we were behind on rent for uh, a good minute, and she offered to pay rent. Not. Not just chip in and do whatever, but she offered to fully pay a month's rent, and that saved us. Yeah, I remember pitching it at first because I'm like, well, I'm already here so freaking often. I might as well pitch in. And I want to, like, I want to be clear, like, I didn't ask her for that. I didn't, I I actually kind of tried to fight with her on it, but there's a point where I kind of 
I'm, uh, set my pride aside and it's just like I like we need that help. Mm-hmm. So. I'm my mother's daughter. I don't. Oh, I, I don't know. That. <laughs> I think on like flipping the script though. I, I think that like. You said that she saved you. I think you'd probably say the I, same thing, just like I have. I mean, yeah, like I do. I'm gonna try really hard not to cry because that already made me tear up a little bit. Do it, cry. <laughs> First tears on the podcast. You don't need to hear it from me. Um, so August ended up being the hardest and also last month of my first marriage. Um, there just got to be. Not that things weren't already toxic before, but things just kind of came to a point where I, I, I made a choice to leave and I am never more thankful that I made that choice because that month and the couple months leading before that, um, I had had suicidal thoughts many times. Um, and I just kind of kept that under wraps and, um, yeah, having a positive relationship with someone um like i did with you that definitely pulled me out of that all right enough kissing his ass what do you hate about him <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh but no yeah she's and, like there's so many things it's it's like what you said in your episode where you kind of go on like saying how i have a tendency to just like you have a tendency to uh, this sounds really shitty and i'm not i'm not trying to talk shit about you and i'm not trying to talk shit about me or anyone else that you've helped in the past, but you have this this way about you to find people who are uh, uh, at their fucking worst, uh, emotionally, maybe even physically uh, damaged, and you're like, hey man, <laughs> care if I come uh, fucking save your life? Would that be cool? Like- <laughs> but and the thing is, I, I I have that tendency too. Yeah. Um. So that's why, like, when I saw that. Like you guys were struggling. I was like, uh, so that's what I love about. And again, I'm not trying to kiss your ass and I will tell you both what I hate about you the most. You're very soon. <laughs> but <laughs> the thing that, the thing that I love is that it's, uh, it's two of the most caring, most nurturing people I've ever met. They got together and created this incredible relationship and got married, but they are also the two people who are fucking terrible at helping themselves no offense to either one of you. <laughs> yeah, so it. like the two of you together is just like, it's perfect. Because you you have this way about you that's like, I'm going to take care of fucking everyone around me, but I'm incapable of taking care of myself. So it's just like, you just, you feed off of each other so incredibly well. Um, now saying that, I despise both of you and I hope nothing but bad things for the rest of your your uh, your marriage, okay. your lives, <laughs> yeah. um, and when you die, I get Momo. So yeah. no, yeah. but um, so I had never planned for this to be a thing, and and when we started dating and going out, like, knowing that she was in an open relationship, like one of the biggest thoughts I had was, I don't want to be responsible for breaking up a marriage. Uh, it, but it's so much fun when you do, or or anything like that. Like I don't, I don't want to be that person. So if it, if something comes to that and I know I'm the reason that they are having problems, I'm going to step back. And she, she knew how I felt about it. And I made it clear, like, look, it, you know, I self-sabotage a lot. So, you know, we may make it, we may not. And she took that as a, well, it kind of sounds like you're not committed. I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What and I'm- we didn't even use titles for, several months and yeah. i was like and so oh no. this is this is crazy right okay. so i use titles for you i mean like, so that's, when that's i told Trevor's her girlfriend when i told her that i was like look i don't want to be she moved in four hours after we met her <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to be the reason for you guys to break up but i'm like you deserve this mm-hmm. you deserve better and that's that was that was crazy to hear someone say that like i deserved these things and i was just like oh yeah, I just treated her like how a fucking decent person would, and she clearly wasn't getting that where she was. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, uh, even even before I I got engaged with her, mm-hmm. it it took me a long time, a long because she was the first one to say I love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I like he, I moved in in a month. Um, he used the word word girlfriend when we were at paintball, and that was like three or four months into it. Yep. 
And I was just like, oh, like this is serious. Like I'd barely been living there. You know, it's just one of those things that gets in your head if the title isn't used, but you know. So, so she was the first one to say, I love you. Yep. And it took me months and months and months before I said it. It, I like, I held off and I think it was just shortly before I actually. It was right after you proposed. Yeah. So it took me up to the proposal to actually say, I love you. It was, it was, and I and, and the the way I explained. Is that how you got her to say yes? Yeah, I'm, I mean, so you know, baiting her for so, you know how. So I'll, we'll get into that in a second. I mean, we'll get, I don't want to brag, but he, like he tells me he loves me every day. I know, so and he would, Yeah, like, and I told her I was like, look, and I don't even put out what a dick, <laughs> what an absolute dick. So like, the th- the thing is, the reason why I didn't say it is because of my previous relationships because I've said it to two people Mm -hmm. and those were both relationships that did not end well. Uh, That's not to say I still don't care for those people Mm -hmm. or what have you. It's just, I had a very, I wouldn't say toxic notion, but I had a very uh, guarded uh, view on, Saying those words. Saying that. No, I totally understand that. We talked about that last week during my episode as well, where I had tried the marriage and have kids and buy a house and have a family and do everything the quote unquote right way, the fucking American dream way. And it didn't work. And it was awful. It was, it ended me, that being the worst like ending of any relationship I've ever had. So then all of 20, like most of 2018 before I met Amy was like, let's just run through women who do not want any sort of like commitment when it comes to family and that sort of thing. Um, And I was like, I'm not going to, you know, I just do the exact opposite of what I actually want because the things that I wanted didn't work before. And I'm sure like the things that you were giving previous relationships or previous women's uh, those things that love and support and I love you's and whatever that you're supposed to do in a relationship. It didn't fucking work. So like, I'm not going to do that with this one. Cause I don't want to fuck it up. Like yeah. it, it gets in your mind. In yeah. And, and I will say like, I had kind of you know, a similar situation where like, yep, I ended up marrying the first boyfriend I ever had. Yes. That like we were on and off for 10, 12 years. Um, you know, I just had this like, idealistic perception of like oh but no I love him so that's all that matters and really that's it's not all that matters really um there's a lot more that needs to be in that especially in a healthy relationship so it comes down to when I proposed that I had let a friend of ours know like Hey, I'm going to ask her to marry me. I got to wait till this time. And December of 2020. I had told uh I had told my best friend uh at the time where I was like, "Look, man, when we get our bonuses, like I'm doing this." Mm-hmm. And so I I waited and our relationship has never been uh something that you would normally see it's it's not normal it it was a very unique and uh very out there kind of relationship oh and he made me like very much confirm that i was ready for this yeah because he asked what i wanted for christmas and i was like you know what i want like jokingly and he's like no i want you to say it yeah so um the second we got our bonuses and i saw that i had enough i had just enough in the account to be able to do it i i Get a hold of him. I'm like, man, it's time. I'm doing this. So I go into Zales, pick out the ring, and I, I I didn't want any like normal engagement ring. I didn't want anything because it, our relationship has never been normal. So I picked out a Maleficent Disney uh, ring, used that as the engagement ring, got it sized and everything. And this is a smart way to do it. You find out that ring size early. And you hang on to that and you Mm -hmm. remember that. That way, it's never obvious when you actually do get it done. I just asked her mom. So, uh, I got the ring in. I was like, this is great. I got it resized. 
Yeah, and the, the day we were, the day you got it, I had obviously had no idea. I had, it was just at the point of like, I had been like, I guess building myself up over the previous month, like thinking like, oh man, I just had this feeling like Trevor might propose at some point. And I was just talking myself out of that. Talk to me more about that. Why? why? What was it? I don't know. I, I, I just had this feeling like I listen to my gut feelings a lot and I just had this, this notion of like, you know, maybe we're at that point. I don't know. But then the, the thing about like him not saying, I love you. I was like, maybe he's not ready. I just don't know. So then I talked myself out of it. Um, and that day we, I'm trying to remember what else we did. We went to Osushi. Yeah. So I had told the few people that I did tell, I told Kevin, I told our friend Julia who, uh, does like photography Mm -hmm. and I told her, I was like, Hey, look, I'll let you know when I get the ring in and I want the way I wanted it set up originally. And I had pictures planned out. This is how I wanted it done. It didn't work out that way. So I wanted to at least get it done before Christmas. So what had happened was uh, we go out to eat uh, and we drove separately, which was fucking perfect. I could not. It was a fluke. Uh, Yeah, because we don't usually drive separately. Yeah. So we went out, we ate, and the second I got back out to my car, I got a call from him saying, hey, your ring's in. I'm like, shit, it's happening. So I get off the phone with them. Everybody stick on. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I get off the phone with them, and I just got done talking with Julia, like, yeah, because we had talked about doing photos for for a while. Oh and yeah, because Aaron did my hair that morning, like to recolor my hair. Yeah, and we met for lunch, and then you left from there, and we were planning to do the pictures that night. Yeah, because I wanted to do holiday pictures, and then oh, so you knew about the pictures, but you did not know why it was um, you were doing pictures at first, because that's why I kind of wondered. I was like, maybe. And if you didn't have the ring, was it just going to be holiday pictures? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, no. So the pictures actually weren't even going to happen because I, I think I made some bullshit excuse as to why you were gonna Julia say, wasn't going to be able to. And the whole thing You tried to was, put it off to like the next day or something. Yeah. And the whole thing was just like, Julia was here for the engagement pictures. That's what it was. It wasn't going to be holiday pictures or anything like that. That was just the... The smoke screen. Yeah. So I get off the phone with Zales. I call her and we were both thinking the proposal wasn't going to happen before Christmas. And like, that was a big bummer. So I get a hold of her. I'm like, Hey, look, I know it's super last second. I just got the ring. This is happening tonight. And she starts panicking and grabbing everything. Like, <laughs> okay, we'll be ready. Blah, 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 blah. So we get it done. Um, we get, yeah. Cause I get home and I start setting everything up. Like, we already had our tree up and the decorations and everything. So, yep. that was just kind of, like, setting the rest of the cozy scene. And and in kind of true fashion for anyone that actually knows me, including you, was when I proposed. So, the the idea was um, we were going to do a hugging picture where it was just me and her hugging. Julia handed me the box. Mm-hmm. And then... But she didn't hand it to you open. No, she didn't hand it to me open. And so I'm sitting there hugging Heather, just fiddling, <laughs> trying to get that, it open. With one hand. And that's yeah. where I'm suddenly like, I don't feel his hand on my back. What is he doing? Yeah, and it was so hard. And like it almost blew up in my face. So, And then she has me turn and face her. So yeah. that gives you a chance to like move the ring around and everything. Yeah. And then... That's when you got down on your knee. Yeah, that's when I got down on my knee. <laughs> All right. Question real quick. <laughs> okay. On a scale of like one to 10, 10 being you're petrified. How nervous are you once you're down on your knee to actually say the words out loud? So we go back to back. I get down on my knee. She turns around and I'm sitting there just... Cheeks red. Stupid face. (laughs) Box open looking at her. And she's just like, uh. And I don't say shit. He doesn't necessarily ask. I never never asked. (laughs) Has he still not asked? No. I I never have. You've been married for how long? But also apparently I didn't say yes either. (laughs) 
I just was she, like, uh, 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 and then there's a video of it where like, I start to take the ring and I'm like, oh, I, uh, um, I guess you should put it on me. Uh, and I was like, uh? <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, and she goes, I mean, do you want to? I'm like, uh. yeah. So that's how it happened with, uh, Amy and I as well. So I wrote out this card and I like brought flowers into the restaurant. And I wrote out this card that was like, can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you, blah, blah, blah. Like real sappy bullshit. And then she reads it and she's just like, oh, that was so sweet. And then my girlfriend does not, or my fiance does not sound like that at all, by the way. She has a beautiful <laughs> voice. <laughs> um, so she reads it and she's like, that's very sweet. And then all I say was, so do you want to? And she's like, do you want to what? And then I get down on one knee and I was like, so do you want to? And then she goes, yeah, that would be pretty dope. And then I said, sick. That and is, that's how I proposed to my so, fiance. That sounds fitting. A doctor. So the, be- the best part about it was, I-, I think somewhere along the lines where we were both kind of like not saying anything, I had told her, I was like, yeah, if you want to. <laughs> Or something like that. Something like that, yeah. And I was like, ca- and she's like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> and so I gave her the ring, and you know, we kissed and everything, and it, it was. And then we go through and do a bunch of pictures. Yeah, and... it was all great and ha ha ha. But I'm I never said any. I I said maybe five words tops that entire time. Same, less than. For and me. then, fast forward, uh, fast forward to us actually getting married you son of a bitch you weren't there um that's a that's a longer story that i don't want to tell on this podcast or any podcast (laughs) that's okay no so what what happened at at the wedding and this is probably again very very telling of you know how we got engaged was even even our wedding was like very short notice too four months yeah we i told her i was like I have my vows ready. And in my head, I had I had the perfect thing, right? Leading all the way up to the wedding. I, it was like I had it all down pat. I just need to write it down. And I never did. And he just gave and me all these warnings. What? You didn't write it down? So What? Trevor procrastinating? Unbelievable. So I told her and I made her panic and believe that like, I had all my shit together. I was ready. I had my vows written and like I was and I know how she is because she's just like me. I'm like, look, you need to get on that. You need to do your vows because and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fine. I'll yeah. get to it. So morning. She te- she, yeah, she tells me morning of she wrote her vows. And let me tell you, my vows were fantastic. Yes. And the best part about that was after the wedding was over, after every, everyone kind of left and we were all just chilling. I decided to break the news to her that, hey, so you know about those vows? Mm-hmm. Um, this, this was the day of your wedding you're having this conversation? The evening after <laughs> yeah, the wedding. Yeah, after, after we got married. I was like, hey, remember those <laughs> vows I told, I, I like been bugging you about? She goes, yeah. About that. Um, I didn't do my vows. And then he turns and runs. Heather, I love you, but you're the most anxious person I know. So the fact that you have this conversation with her the night before, the no, biggest no, no. day of her oh, life. Oh no, the night after. Like, that night after the, night the wedding of. has happened. Oh. So I told her after. Oh. So he, he takes off running from me because he knows that I stressed the fuck about Wait, about so it. this conversation is after, after the, wedding. the wedding. After so the So basically, reception. you're brag- at this point, you're bragging to her that's like, ha ha yeah, I but, was able to wing it. Fuck also, you. No, but, but his <laughs> winging it. Dick. But his winging it was like three sentences, maybe four sentences. Look, look, it was. It could have been done better. I admit. <laughs> but and mine was like a page. Basically, or a page basically, what it what it boils down to was, I wanted something heartfelt. I wanted and. The thing is, the thing is, when I started telling her that uh, I had my vows done, it was exactly what I told Julia when I told Julia that I was going to marry her, mm-hmm. which was she saved me, and I could not picture anyone else in my life that I have just 
matched so well with like we complement each other mm-hmm. it, it's it's not even a, like we complete each other we we pick up the slack in each other's shortcomings we finish each other's sentences and youtube quotes and yeah music it, it, and everything and like all these thoughts I had told Julia were exactly what I was going to use, but I was afraid it was going to be more of a speech rather than vows, which in hindsight, that's exactly what vows are anyway. Dumbass. Mine was definitely more of a speech. So, fucking idiot. With some vows in there. So, you know, I did the best with what I could, just trying to stay calm as hell because I was internally freaking out, and I basically said, you know, something along the lines of, some good stuff uh, you know in all the worlds and all the universes and all this multiverses like i'm glad yeah. that we're basically yeah basic you know corny shit like that See, i feel like you're a really good writer and so i'm sure that no matter like what you came up with in the moment that it was fine oh yeah the problem that i have and maybe i'm being a little too cocky the problem i have is that i went to school to be a writer I'm $68,000 in debt as a 33-year-old to learn how to put sentences together, okay? Do you know how hard I have to go on my vows knowing that in the back of my mind? Like, you went to school to be a writer. Like, the best writing you've ever done in your life has to be on this day, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. She deserves it. And the thing is, like, even before we got engaged, like... We would do promos for Red Band, Red Band, um, at the old apartment, and so like knowing that, like we sat there meticulously writing that shit out. She's so, seen you at your best, is what you're saying. Yeah, you gotta come and, correct. And I did not live up to that at all. <laughs> I uh, and like you've seen, you've seen me write just phenomenal stuff, yeah. and it wasn't. That for my wedding. It's okay. That's what vow renewals are for. Vow yep. renewals imply that there's something wrong and we're slapping oh, no. a band-aid on no. it. No, <laughs> never. No. 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 So no, I, I kid. We got about 10 minutes left in, yeah. in we our talked hour. To that much? Yeah. God, it goes crazy. by fast. It goes by fast. I wanted to, because I wanted to do an episode with like Amy and myself. And then I also want to do an episode in the future with Kenna and David. Yeah. So one of the ideas I had was, is there anything, Heather, that you've never asked Trevor that you'd want to know? Trevor, is there anything that you never asked Heather that you want to know? Or is there anything about like the relationship you've never asked or never talked about? It doesn't have to be like, I think, I think, initially people are like it, so like it has to be like something that is a problem in our relationship that we never talked about no i'm not talking about that i'm just saying like is there anything that you've never told people about your relationship that you'd be like nah, that's quirky anal <laughs> thank god you said that while my mom was out of the room can we can that be the end of the podcast <laughs> I say I say that jokingly, but oh, man. <laughs> that was that was too good. Uh, um, actually, I would love. Uh, sorry, you you do your question because I want Gabe to, in his own words, talk about uh, how he hired me. Because yeah. it was it was a little bit yeah, like yeah, how yeah. I told you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh gosh, I was just talking about this quirky thing earlier. It's not necessarily a question. This what thing? Quirky. Oh my god! Did you hear it too? I heard quickie. I'm like, wow. What? What? We're not quick. What are you talking about? Uh, Hey. hey. (laughs) Um. So. Next time, use three fingers. (laughs) Really put some pressure on that prostate. We'll do. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Anal. (laughs) Yeah, you missed that part. (laughs) Um. So. We. It's. It's weird when you're in a healthy relationship and you actually communicate and don't argue about things. Yeah, we're very open about everything. So, like, we really don't. Yeah, like, I I definitely have lots of, like, trigger trauma responses. And we work together with those things where he gives me a little space and then he comes checks on me. Or, like, 
you know, we catch each other when we're like, oh, I sounded pretty snarky with that. That was not what I intended. I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, if you're married, just know, regardless of whether you're wrong or not, you apologize. You you accept like how it might have come across. You accept your part in that. But then you also think about or talk to that person about, hey, what can I do to like improve on the situation next time? (laughs) The two things we have argued about have been Marvel and baseball. Second one, obviously, totally not our normal wheelhouse. And even then, with the baseball thing, it was purely just a misunderstanding because the point just was not clicking with either of us of like what each other was trying and that, to And that's convey. what the Marvel one was too. Like it was literally like, you know, you miss each other by just a little bit and you th- you each think that you're being super clear and super understanding and it's just butting heads and then all of a sudden it clicks and it's like, oh, yeah, we both had the right concept or what yeah. what each other were thinking. So, yeah, it's it's weird being in a... So, yeah, honestly, I don't have any real questions for... We talk for, to each other a lot. Yeah, I mean... We play Fortnite almost on a nightly basis. I mean, lately I've been on Elden Ring all the time, but... Um, yeah. Fucking wrecked noob. I will say one of the, my favorite things that initially was like, yeah, I really like this about him. I majored in music in college. I totally get the student debt. Um, but um, music's always been a huge passion for me. So for this guy to be like, hey, you should hear this song from this game. Or this song from this movie trailer. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that he could, like, pinpoint those details, I was like, that's amazing. Like, I have such this has like, been appreciation for that. Every day of my life since middle school has been these kind of conversations. Like, hey, have you heard this song? Have you heard this band? Have you heard this song from this movie? Have you even heard of this movie? Um, the movie sucks, but you'll like the song. <laughs> and that's, and like... Do you want to go see uh, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City? Yeah, these conversations. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. It's gonna so I feel like Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, is the new Austin's penis. Like, it's going to get brought up in every every episode at least once for no reason so at all. So Gabe was supposed to go with us that night. Yeah, I, and I he was. Couldn't. And I, I couldn't. Have you seen that movie yet? No. I, all right, you saved yourself. I haven't watched any Resident Evil since, like, the third one. Yeah, that's a, that's a smart decision. It is. It, it was, was the oof. worst movie I've ever, ever seen oh i don't know dragon ball dragon ball evolution is higher on that list and i haven't seen it we don't talk about live action anime remakes one one of these times we're gonna sit down have a podcast purely based off of resident evil and i'm just gonna go on a rant for like three hours here's what i want to do i want to find really shitty movies on streaming services and then i want to be like just like kind of like joe rogan does with uh um like fight companion he'll be like all right we're at we're at 1 minute, 23 seconds, 24, 25, 26. So then you can sync up to our oh. audio. And then I want to like, I want additional cherry on top episodes that just be us. I got the perfect Watching movie. shitty movies together. So um, the other part of that, the whole music thing with him pointing out things like that, just pulling it back to that, that conversation. Um, so... Gosh, within the first couple weeks of Trevor and I hanging out, um, I actually was like, hey, there's this thing at Ironside Axe Club that I think you would find absolutely fascinating. And he was like, I I don't know. Um, And now I suddenly can't remember the group's name. They do some covers. It's in a very medieval style. uh, Stariolsa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And they were I playing. What you guys went to that? Yeah. And so I was like, "Hey." They did a cover that I was just like. Yeah. So like he, at first he just like he heard me talk about it. I was like, they do like some some covers of rock music, but they also do some very like medieval traditional style music. And I promise, like it sounds very odd, but I think you'll like it. He's like, we made an agreement that he, we had a half hour, or I think it was half hour. Yeah. That if he didn't like it in a half hour, we could go. I was like, yeah, sure. Totally fine. 
was it like three, four hours later? <laughs> we watched the whole concert because he looked at me like with the, it was a, was it a Metallica cover or something? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then it was something got, like that. And he just looked at me and was like, I like this. And I was like, the, the best part is we had, we had drinks, we bought drinks there. And then near the end of it, we had come across some Rennie friends of hers who brought their own mead it was some pretty good stuff and it, it, if you don't know that shit is strong oh yeah but it's so good it's so yeah. good honey so wine good. you never think about it all right um, we are almost at an hour i want to hear the story of what did you see in noodle boy over here <laughs> that made you think he can do security <laughs> okay so he comes in for his interview, and he is not what I was expecting with the name Trevor. Did you think he was going to look like Denzel Washington? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Because um, I had already talked to him on the phone. And I was just expecting, you know, well, to quote uh, Roadhouse, I was expecting you to be bigger. <laughs> Everyone says that with my voice. If they've never seen me, like, but I think people expect me to be smaller with my voice. He came in. We had the interview. You know, I, I had a few very key questions that I asked everyone that, in my opinion, were very important questions to ask. Things like, you know, what's the difference between a team member or a teammate and a coworker? You know, um, the one of my favorite questions that always threw people off. So we had this fake little tree over in the corner and I would ask him, you know, without looking around, what color were the flowers on the trees, which it didn't have any flowers. I just wanted to see if people would lie to me. And he's like, you know, straight up. I, I have no idea. I'm not even going to lie to you. So it was, it was nice to see someone who came in, who was being honest, who was, you could genuinely see that they were being a hundred percent their real self. But he comes in and he's all kind of dressed up like he does not look the part of security. So he goes through, he does the background check, you know, comes back clean and everything like that. And we start him in on the downtown project. And I looked at the owner and I was like, I give him two weeks. And I've even told Trevor this, you know. There is no employee that we have had that has surprised me as much as he has. Just his diligence, he shows up, he does what he needs to do. You know, he'll go the extra mile without having to be asked to do so. And, you know, just all around, he's a great employee. And we're really happy to have him. And uh, How big does your dick feel right now? Massive. In in all honesty, and I've told I told Heather this, like I got off the phone with you after you said all that, and I sat there and I kind of teared up a bit because I was just like I have never felt like appreciated like that or recognized like that. And you know, first night there was a shooting, so that was that was dope. Yep. And uh, sick. <laughs> like so, legitimately, uh, and. I was never sure if like like I could talk about it a whole lot, but yeah, um, yeah. so like it happened like five feet away from me. Two people got shot. Um, it was outside the gate. We'll be yeah. clear about that. It was outside the gate. Uh, one person got shot through the arm, and that bullet actually went through and hit someone who was down the alleyway. Yeah, and I got stuck on the outside of the gate just by chance. Um, I helped I helped people out. The, the big concern was getting people safety, stuff like that. Locking everything down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my first night, there was a shooting five feet away from me, and I didn't get home until about seven in the morning. Yep. Jesus. And Heather asked, and I was like, look, I can't talk about it. About, I don't know, five minutes later, I kind of broke down and told her. <laughs> I was like, don't tell anyone, though, because I don't want to get in trouble. Um. And then, you know, when we get this account that we have now, uh, I saved a baby's life. And that was another thing where, you know, 
The job's our, very real. Yeah, mm-hmm. our like our boss, like the owner of the company, had, you know, pretty much gave me the same speech that that Gabe gave me. He was like, like this is incredible. Like you, you're amazing. You did all this, and I like I genuinely felt like that was real and not just smoke up my ass. To steal one of my own lines, doesn't it feel nice? When your employer gives a fuck about you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, To wrap this all up in a nice little bow, was there anything that, uh, any, any, let's say advice, any advice as, um, as a couple that's coming up on their, their first year anniversary of marriage that you guys would have for other new couples, other people that might be looking to get married, maybe even people that are going through a difficult time in their relationship to strengthen their relationship. What uh, what advice would you have? Just communicate, be open about stuff. Like, it's not hard. It's not rocket science. Just Yeah, that's, I mean, that's essentially what I was going to say. Like, communicate, be honest, even if it's hard, be honest. Um, yeah. Believe me, I am not one that likes to cry in front of people. Um, but I have grown to know that, like, obviously my husband still is okay with me, even if I'm crying. And we're in a very fortunate position that it just works out with how we act towards each other. Because, like, me, I want to fix the issue right then and there. I know that doesn't work for everybody, and so that's not what I'm recommending, but just know where you can go with your partner. Yeah. And then like the other two things I would definitely say would be like, don't, don't judge your partner. Like really try to take a step into their shoes. Um, because whatever they've gone through, um, has led them to where they are now. And that can be a completely different perspective of where you came from. Um, and then, Last thing I would say probably is definitely understand how your partner needs to be loved. Um, by saying that, I mean, like, I know love language is like that. The whole conversation is its own um, topic. Um, but there are different ways that people need to be loved in the moment. Um, I am definitely a person that like physical touch and like words of affirmation are huge. Um so not having that in previous relationships, that was a huge gap and therefore then created a lot of mental questioning of myself, um, not putting that on someone else. But even when that was communicated with, there was still wasn't that reciprocation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so having that understanding between the both of us um, in this relationship, I mean, I feel like we're always communicating love to each other all the time what is your favorite flavor of ice cream oh goodness i'm probably in a tie between Home Sweet Cone has salted Oreo, and it sounds it sounds different, even better than their cookies and cream, and I love their cookies and cream. Um, otherwise, I would also say Baskin Robbins, their gold medal ribbon. It is chocolate, vanilla, and caramel. 